have to apologize for the voice here. It was my turn for the crud this last week or so. And someone had called and said, oh, you sound terrible. And I said, eh, it, it is what it is. Well, I guess this means you won't be able to preach this weekend? <laughs> the compassion is incredible. And I said, you're not that lucky. Yeah. Today is the last day of Christmas. It's the last day that Christmas carols will be sung in the church until either the second coming or next Christmas. And soon all the decorations will have to come down and be put away as the church enters into ordinary time for just a few weeks. And then on February 10th, we are suddenly thrust into great and holy Lent with Ash Wednesday. It's almost incredible how fast the time goes. But what are we to make of the gospel text for this last feast of Christmas? A review of the gospel readings from Christmas Eve to the present might help to put today's reading in context. The masses of Christmas Eve and Christmas morning revealed the central truth of Christianity, the mystery that God chose to become one with man so man could choose to become one with God. It was the free will of God, motivated by nothing other than sheer love for man to do this. And he respects the free will of every human being to respond, to either accept or reject the mystery, to accept or reject divine love. The gospel feast the gospel for this feast of the Holy Family revealed that God deliberately chose a poor, humble couple from the lower class of their society to care for him in the person of his son, placing himself completely under their care, their authority, entrusting himself to whatever decisions they would make tells us that God does the same thing today with every married couple that is open to children. God completely entrusts this gift of life to the couple. And just as God had great trust in the Blessed Virgin and Joseph to do the best they could, so too God has great trust that parents in every generation will do the best they know how. God does not expect perfection. He simply trusts they will do the best they can. The gospel for the Feast of Epiphany, the word which means manifestation, showed us that natural human reason represented by the ancient scholars called the Magi, is able to know that there is a God who has manifested himself in human flesh and that he and he alone is worthy of our worship. Now, if the wisest of pagans can grasp this truth, then those who claim to be disciples of Jesus have no excuse not to. Since what the Magi discerned after 
hundreds and hundreds of years of scholarship and labor has been given to us by grace. The question that we are left with is do we have the wisdom to see it and the wisdom to use it? With that background, we look at today's gospel text. It continues to show the scandalous love God has for us. It was not enough for God to become man. It was not enough that he would entrust himself to the care of a human family. It was not enough that over many centuries, over many generations of sacrifice made by pagan scholars, that he allowed his divinity breaking into human history to be perceived by them. No, not enough. Now in this last gospel of Christmas, God reveals that in his very being, he is not solitary. He is one, but he is not solitary, but rather a community of three persons, a Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, each bound to the other in one love that cannot be divided and yet is expressed intimately and personally. And as impossible as it is for the human mind to grasp this mystery, there is an element of it that does make sense to human logic and experience. I've said this any number of times. Genuine love is never solitary, or it is not love at all, but a terribly defective caricature of love. Love is communal. It is relational. It is a reaching out to the other for nothing more than the sheer joy of being in communion with the other. This is the love that God is within himself and the love with which he reaches out to us the love by which he calls us, the love by which he graces us to participate in. And this is the kind of love God grants for spouses to share, for parents and children to share, for people of a parish to share, for friends to share. On this last feast of Christmas, we're asked to consider that in our baptism, be it as an infant or as an adult, we were immersed in the Holy Trinity. We were not simply covered over, but rather we were infused with this one divine love. We are no longer, therefore, helpless victims of our fallen nature, destined to be eternally lost in the darkness of our own making, unless, of course, we are so foolish as to choose so. But rather, we are enlightened with divine love, grace to allow this divine love to reach out from within us back to God and to one another. This last 
feast of Christmas reveals the depths of love that our God calls and empowers us to be rooted in, a love that we can experience, a love that with God has no limits, no boundaries. Not only has God become one with us and invites us to become one with him, but he offers us his love now as we plod our way through this difficult pilgrimage that we call life until we reach our eternal home. This is the gift that we celebrate on this last day of Christmas.